Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, November 20th, 2015. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens. I'm your co-host, Ben Strahan. If you're watching, I got my old school media shirt on. Oh, right on. Back before Blaze died. Oh. Oh, oh wait. Uh, sorry. What are we going to be talking about today, by the way? Today, we're <laughs> talking about Velocity dying. Oh. Is Iron Router dead? Oh. <laughs> Phoenix is a meteor alternative. What? 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 My head just spun off, man. What? Yeah. The cost of frameworks and a rebuttal, a little bonus, two posts and one discussion, and the death of Blaze. The death of Blaze. There's a lot of death going on. This should have been our Halloween. Uh, ben, 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 Ben. That was Bush League. You didn't link up the uh, RIP Blaze in the show notes there. <laughs> I just was shocked that it wasn't in your show notes initially, so I just like, I, yeah, I was just going through Crater and like trying to get it all in a certain order and. <laughs> Penny wanted to play war, so we were like, uh, "Just tell the truth. You're you're really disconnected." From I was like team. playing cards and building a list over here. <laughs> I'm like, if I don't get it to Ben, he's gonna be mad at me. <laughs> That's right. I'm such a diva. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely like the death of all things edition or something. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh goodness. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll just dive in. It's it's been a while, right? I mean, we didn't do it last week, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe it wouldn't all feel piled up in one show had we done it last week. Zolvio uh, announced that they're not going to be working on Velocity anymore, and it turns out they were the only guys working on Velocity still. So Velocity is the is the test runner for Meteor. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, they've done really interesting work and they've been focusing on, you know, building a great testing environment. And it really boiled down to reading between the lines here. It boiled down to the fact that it looks like MDG didn't really want to accept the pull request or I, I, I don't know exactly what happened there, but basically a pull request is set out there since May. They've been trying to maintain compatibility going forward, but it's, it's, you know, it's all fallen on Jonas and Sam. I think it's becoming too costly for them. And so they just had to kind of say, we, we can't do it anymore. Yeah, they had to make a tough decision. I mean, I know that they're involved in their own startup. Yeah. Gosh, it takes up someone's life trying to like break a startup into, into a profitable business. Yeah. And so that makes total sense on their part. Yeah. What I'm shocked at is the title, which is saying handing Velocity back to MDG. Well, and then what was MDG's response? They didn't have an official that, response. That is, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so the interesting thing is if you know where to look, you can find a response. I don't, I don't think it's super official, but 
they've said in other places that they're also working on getting module support into Meteor. Mm-hmm. And theoretically, that, that should make using standard testing tools from the Node environment maybe a little bit easier. So you still have things like end-to-end testing or integration level testing that you want to do, and there's still going to have to be some work done there. So if people thought that the testing story with Meteor was weak, um, now, now it just like got a whole lot weaker. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of did, right? Like, I, it, it did. It, you know, here's my, here's my problem with this. Like, don't ask the community to do stuff and then expect them to do something and then don't, like, support them. Like, they, they actually, like, came out and said it was the official testing framework of Meteor. And then, oh, yeah, that's right. you know, it just it looks like they, they really weren't working with the team. It's another instance of managing open source is hard. And I mm-hmm. think that's really what this boils down to. Yeah. And I think there is going to be an answer coming in the future, like you speculated, where, you know, Meteor is going to be shedding its MVP skin of like having so many things done in-house they need to become a profitable company. So they're going to be looking for community at large to fill some of the gaps that was taking up a lot of MDG's time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've always maintained, I I don't understand how you could expect Galaxy to take off when you're trying to do all the stuff that they're doing, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like building that business in and of itself is going to be a hard thing for them to do because they're going to be hiring support people and, DevOps people and like that's so far out the norm of what they've done for the past two years. Like that's going to be really, really tough for them. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that's what we're seeing. Like they're still hiring developers and doing things, but. I mean, from the very beginning, anyone who ran a business and then saw that in the past and then saw that MDG came on the scene, they're a for-profit company. They didn't separate their open source stuff into a non-for-profit company. It's still part of the for-profit you always knew that there was, there was something coming down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to be in the black and they're keeping this stuff in house. So I always knew something was coming. And so velocity is dropped. MDG is not picking it up. You know, the one response we did get in the Meteor Guides area of or the GitHub repo and the issues discussion, Tom started talking about testing. There was just a bunch of back and forth and Sashko essentially said there's nothing's going to happen on that front. Yeah. So, well, nothing's going to happen on velocity specifically. On right. That front. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like but testing's not like totally ignored by MDG. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, their response to this article essentially is that they're not going to be doing anything with velocity, mm-hmm. but that's not to say, you know, Sam and, and Jonas still want to make sure that, Chimp, which is the basis of Meteor Cucumber, is still going to function, and they're trying to make sure that it functions with Jasmine as well. Uh, and he's got some really interesting stuff up his sleeve. He was showing me some ideas he's got. He wants to do almost like an end-to-end testing with Jasmine, but it's got a really interesting uh, reuse case spin on it. So you know, hopefully, he can uh, reveal that in much greater detail soon. But it looks really interesting too. So. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can't test. It just means I think it'll change how you test and how you run tests and that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, yeah. And hold tight, community at large. There's going to be some changes coming with testing. Yeah, I also think that uh, this means with the next release of Meteor, 
like one three, velocity's highly likely to break. So it'll continue to work for now, but as soon as the release comes out, you know, they're not maintaining that huge backported patch anymore. So yeah. beware when you say meteor update. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about the dead routers. The dead routers. So there's been a long talk for months now that's like, oh, uh, flow router is the way to go. You know, that's, I mean, that's just you really, right? That's just, just your opinion. I guess that's just my it? opinion. I guess that's just my opinion. No, I'm just kidding. Sashko <laughs> said something too. Uh, that was the big hint. Yeah. They, they hinted that routing was going to come into core. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And Sash was like, start using flow router. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Like it was like, okay, now will routing come into core? <laughs> I don't know. I, but I don't people really so. took that. Yeah. I don't think so either. But uh, yeah. people really took that and started using flow router. And so new projects came along and like, even on the show, we've talked about this before. And I said, there's more instances of iron router out in the wild right now, but I was always under the impression that new projects, right. There would be more people using flow router with new projects. And then Vinley came out from France, the guy who uh, runs Fastosphere. Mm -hmm. And he came out with his awesome medium post about is iron router really dead? And he had stats to back it up. It was like, we didn't talk about Fastosphere got upgraded. I don't think we ever talked about that on the show. No. Which I wanted to, uh, but we just had so much to talk about lately. That was awesome. And I was kind of looking over it and uh, poking around. And that's when I noticed he actually had stats for like all time downloads and like per week and per month downloads. And that's when I started looking and thinking, oh my gosh, like Iron Router is still like an order of magnitude bigger and downloads per week than Flow Router. Yeah, you could look at that, but Iron Router's not dead. It no. has like seven times more downloads. But right. but if you look at the trend line, Iron Router's going on a huge nosedive. Mm-hmm. So, but like maybe just the size of the graph right now is uh, throwing it off. But I, I don't. In comparison, you don't see a huge upswing in Flow Router either. That's what I was going to say. Iron Router is going down. Flow router is not going up. Right. I mean, it is, but not at the same velocity that that iron router is going down. Right. And so I'm like, there's just not a lot more meteor apps coming out. Maybe. Maybe Obviously, like there should be a consistent number of growth of apps, right? Well, you know, here's the thing. This maybe signals that we have people on older versions of meteor that aren't updating. And their version of Iron Router is fine. And they're not pulling a new version because they're not updating. Mm -hmm. That's always a possibility. Maybe they're locked into a version and it's already on their machine. So these stats come, like when you type Meteor add package name, you know, that's when these stats occur, like they're created. Because your machine goes out and it sends, and actually like, Meteor's doing some creepy stuff. They, they actually have the ID of the app that's checking in so they can tell which, which app is pulling in the package. Uh, oh. And then, yeah, yeah, most people don't know that. I'm going to make some dirty named apps now. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> how that works exactly, but I think it's just a string and a file. Just in your .meteor folder, there's like an ID file in there. <laughs> 
And so I think they, they track those stats that way. I've got a number of apps that just sit there on my machine that aren't being updated and haven't been touched in a long time. And that very well could be it. I mean, uh, we're still on one, one for one of my client projects. So that, that could be a two. Yeah. And it's not the full picture. Like, like I'm sure there's a small amount of people, maybe super small, maybe huge that is using a uh, react router. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, we, we do have this uh, big split that's starting to happen now that we have, you know, angular and, react in in the in the framework as an option so mm-hmm. could be that too so at the end of the day should we like advocate for a certain router right now i honestly don't think people should be using iron router i i don't either so the re and the reason i would say that is because it's not being actively maintained and so i think it starts to fall into that same kind of like he hasn't come out and said he's not actively maintaining it, but it, it right. definitely falls into that category like velocity where a new version of meteor could potentially break it. And, you know, maybe a little while before we see an update to it, if ever, you know, because Chris doesn't seem to be participating in the meteor community anymore from what I can tell. Well, um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Again, another guy with a startup mm-hmm. trying to make some money, trying to make a living. And it's really hard to do a major open source project. Like I, mm-hmm. I was on that project uh, for maybe a week as a potential maintainer. And I was at differential and we were trying to figure out like, can we throw some weight at this thing and maybe help out? And no, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just too much. We did the same talk at, at OK Grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do we want to pick this up? before flow router really was something big. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say moving forward, wink, wink, people should be using React Router. I think <laughs> you might be thinking differently. I think flow router is a perfectly fine choice. I think uh, Aaron Noda will continue to maintain it. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Like he's using React, but I, I think maybe he's using flow router. And that's that's definitely a choice because the – the renderer is separated from the router. And so, you know, you just have to make sure the renderer does the right thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely an option. <laughs> but, you know, Flow Router has more of Sashko's blessing, right? Yeah. So, Ooh, wait, wait. So, my question would be because I haven't even looked at React Router, is that something that's coming from outside of Meteor? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's a component. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting given our upcoming discussion. Yes. Anyway, uh, before we move on, we talked about Chris having a startup and Sam having a startup. I think yeah. we should give those guys a shout out because they're awesome. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, obviously, I mentioned Zolvio. And I think he's he's working on a project called Simeon. I think yeah. it's Simeon.io. Chris, uh, yeah, I guess it's a startup. I mean... Um, He's he's just doing uh, training videos, which I think most people probably know about. But invented mine. Yeah, yeah. Check those guys out. Simeon is is like a collaborative. You can make this so long if you go through all these. <laughs> Simeon's cool, man. I think it should get some. It's more interesting. Credit. Yeah, sure. A collaborative way to like share your tests with your team. Yeah. yeah. Go check it out. 
All right. So Phoenix, Phoenix, Meteor alternative. Yes. And I'll just say, I posted something on Crater as well. And, you know, some, some interesting stuff happened. We talked about Dun.js and the author got mentioned in a tweet and he listened to the episode. And I really liked having that interaction that mm-hmm. happened outside of the Meteor community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he. Because it's Dun.js. It's JS. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally. Just, that's just what I'm saying. I don't know what you're saying. Is is this Phoenix JS? No, no. Oh, what? What? Yeah, sorry, Ben. What? So just, just for the record, it, I want, it I want be, people to know. It may I have be, no part of this. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So it got me thinking. Like, where's Crater at? Like, I, I liked that interaction happening, and I wanted to see more of it. And I think that. Meteor's definitely opened itself up to try and play nicely with the rest of the community, slowly. I think we're getting there. Maybe with NPM3 support and module support and and Webpack support, we'll actually get all the way there. Uh, I don't know. That'll be interesting. Which they're all working on, by the way. Yes. But what day did the the Blaze thing come out? Wednesday, maybe? I got up that morning and just, I was feeling like something needed to change. So I changed the tagline to, on Crater to like building JavaScript apps. But then I realized like, ooh, that's, that's probably a big area to talk about. And I think the thing that we're all really interested in and the thing we like Meteor for is the fact that we're doing real-time stuff. We're building web and mobile apps using real-time stuff. So I changed that tagline. And that seems to coincide with the fact that a lot of people in Meteor Club are talking about Elixir and Phoenix. I don't know. It's really interesting. Just in case JavaScript apps was too big of a subject. Yeah. We yeah. brought Elixir in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. A lot of people, laying in the house. A lot of people are using uh, React with Phoenix and they mm-hmm. offer their own WebSocket implementation called Channels. and But the thing with Erlang, which is the underlying VM that runs Elixir and Phoenix is written in Elixir, is, is that, you know, you get that, like it's built for scalability. Um, you can yes. like really easily just say, I need to run a bunch of these. I, I assume processes, I haven't even gotten that deep in it, but... And it should be able to handle that for you. Like it was built for that specifically. And the language was built. This is like what your telcos like build stuff with. So like the reliability of it has to be way high because people get really pissed off when their phones don't work. Yeah. And I will say there's a lot of back and forth in here talking about Elixir and Phoenix. And it looks interesting to me. If I had time to play with it, I might. Yeah, we have some like elixir like moles in our mm-hmm. chat room, mm-hmm. to say the least. Even this week, there was an announcement that like a cutting edge brand new startup that started and is launched in production with Meteor has moved to Phoenix already. Yeah. Like people are moving out of Meteor into Phoenix, or at least one person is so far. People are going to change their tech choices. I think that's fine. I could see people starting off with Meteor and then they have to like, they're growing, they have growth. So they need to like start 
pulling things out, putting new things in and like really customizing their stack for their, for their situation. But to move from one framework to another, I mean, like having it stay like solid on like, like what they start off with originally, usually. Yeah. Mini hero did it. I mean, they didn't, they didn't go too far. They went to the mean stack. So obviously they were still in the JS space, but yeah. we've had the same conversation with people that start off with, with meteor and then they moved to like rails. Maybe if they were less technical co-founders and stuff. And we were like, Oh, poo poo on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say it's a different story. I'm not comparing Phoenix and Elixir to rails. One of the hardest things to do is scale those, those web socket connections on a small server. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, he who does that best wins or she, she who does that best wins. Couple things like you lose isomorphic code, right? You do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a trade off, right? But at the same time you go from like this uh, single threaded event loop processor to like a, a completely different kind of mindset and framework that is supposed to handle the, the scaling a lot better. All I'll say is that you should go at least read 25% of this, this thread. Does it tell me how many are in here response wise? If I go to the bottom, maybe it's a long thread. It's super long. And as with any, I think meteor forum thread, they eventually like, die down into like terribly hard to read things because they get so long and 110 replies. Yeah. 111 is what I'm showing. Oh yeah. 110 well, replies. Original, yeah. 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 You're better at math than me. <laughs> it's worth at least paying attention to a lot of good links in here. A lot of good discussion. I mean, if you're looking for something and you're concerned about scalability, uh, I, you know, it's, it's probably worth looking at. Now, if you're a startup, like what is the going rate or the availability of Elixir developers and Erlang developers? I have no idea. I know in Cincinnati, I know just about the same amount of both right now. So oh. probably along the same lines. I think it's like anything. You know, the, the one thing that I think was super specialized for a long time was Objective-C developers, but I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think that's, you know, or I'm guessing Elixir developers are not pulling in 2x what most developers are like objective c did there for a while so let's move on yes the cost of frameworks (laughs) (laughs) let me scroll to the top of this very long article this is written by oh wait a minute i have to scroll the bottom to get his name not at the top (laughs) stay at the bottom i think it's at the bottom paul Hello, my name is Paul. He works at Google on the Chrome Developer Relations team. And so he wrote this article, The Cost of Frameworks. And basically, it's an argument for not using a framework, but, but writing everything out from scratch using JavaScript. But he does a really awesome job laying out both sides of the argument, so much so that I had to, like, while I was reviewing it, I had to ask Josh, like, what side is this guy coming from? <laughs> but it's a really there's actually a lot of stuff to talk about in this article oh yeah totally so so the benefits of using a framework and the benefits of not using it or the cost of that and i think he sums it up pretty well and i want to get right into one thing 
big bold letters, developer ergonomics versus user needs. That was the cornerstone of this uh, argument. Was do we use a tool because it's fast to develop in, we could leverage other packages that are already made, we can get going faster, but at the other hand, you know, you're gonna be sacrificing stuff for the user because you're gonna be using a framework. A framework. Well, but what kind of stuff are you sacrificing? Yeah, a framework is built for like a lot of different use cases in mind. So you're gonna have a big code base, a fat code base. And in the case of Meteor, like much, much of that code is being downloaded at the initial load of every client. To be fair, like he was just comparing the client side of things. So Meteor was not mentioned in here, uh, but he talked about Polymer and Angular and React and Backbone, right. Ember and regular JavaScript. And the, th the piece that I found super interesting about this is like some of these things, like uh, the time, like he measured the, the size of the library to download mm -hmm. and like the time to actually get bootstrapped. Did he talk about... Time to interactive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so he shows like the JS was requested. It arrives. The data is requested. The data arrives. And then the page is like ready to go. Some of these took like over like Ember took over two seconds. If you look at this list, uh, React, React with JSX not transformed and Ember were like the, the big losers in the benchmark. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah yeah and then vanilla at the bottom but i'd be curious to see angular 2 in its current version like what's that bootstrap time look like uh, mm -hmm. because i have a feeling like that's probably faster as well and i think he summed it up correctly like like this is the argument to have not so much like oh what framework is better or what framework's faster mm -hmm. like that's so many people tackle it at but mm -hmm. he really ended against user experience and pinned it against just regular JavaScript, vanilla JavaScript. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, is, that's his take, right? Is real, that, the real argument. That's the real conversation right there. The overhead is too high, so you should just go write plain old JavaScript apps. Possibly. Yeah. It's like you are going to be sacrificing a perfect user experience to, to use this framework. Like his argument, I think, has some really interesting merit to it. Like you can go look at... Uh, stats from Amazon and they talk about how they've been able, been able to measure like 100, uh, 100 milliseconds in latency translates directly to like X amount of dollar loss. And so they're absolutely always trying to figure out how to deliver JavaScript or, you know, the HTML as fast as they can to that browser because they don't want to lose the sale. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about, again, I really think the next question is right after the what's more important users or developer experience hand in hand with that is, well, what stage is my business at? Mm. Ah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. And I think that's where the rebuttal comes in here. Tom Dale's not my most favorite JavaScript developer in the world. Uh, he's been very anti-meteor, but I, I, I think I really, really agree with him here that frameworks make it easier to build things, you know? 
So, you know, he, he starts arguing about like, are frameworks worth it? And, you know, here's a key line. He says, in my experience, it boils down to app developers overwhelmingly use frameworks because they have to support code for years. DevRel, I guess that's developer relation people, uh, love small libraries, vanilla JS, because they don't have to support big code bases for years and can quickly bang out demos with the latest and greatest. I think we'll, we'll segue into that more. <laughs> he says here, what is the execution time of real-world apps of approximately similar complexity? It may be apps built with frameworks are still slower, but my hypothesis is, is that for any app of any larger amount of complexity, the ones that start off vanilla will accrete their own Franken framework that performs similarly to, if not worse than an off-the-shelf framework, like he says... As it goes. Ember or Angular, but I, you know, you can insert anything there. And I think so too, because you're going to have a different perspective of the problem that you're trying to solve from day well, one, you're starting to build, and then like day here's, 600. Here's the thing we rely on a library, an open source library that is on NPM for doing Monco stuff, and an option changed, and performance got worse with Mongo queries uh, and memory. And a bunch of people were having trouble scaling their Meteor apps and Meteor brought in some experts and they took a look at it and they're like, oh, here's your problem. Uh, you didn't notice that this library got tweaked in this way and you didn't change your arguments and, you know, boom, you've, you've got bad performance all of a sudden. And so they were able to put out that fix whenever the story was, like you could probably look it up, but... To me, that's that's the power of a framework. And if you're on your own just using the library and you didn't notice, which can be a very common mistake, you're just kind of stuck there looking at the bad performance. And really, you don't – like, maybe you can find someone to call on. Maybe you, maybe you call Strong Loop like Meteor did and bring them in to help. But uh, mm -hmm. chances are you may not be able to afford them. So Yeah, I think uh, I'm pro-framework. Yeah. Once I, once I become a – a unicorn, then I'll be rolling my own. Yeah, nice. Until then. That's that's the last stage of unicorn is like rolling your own framework. Yeah. Well, the last stage is, is open sourcing your own framework and having the world adopt it. Uh, <laughs> that's the last stage of unicorn. No, the like last the, stage of unicorn is that like built. people just like making it rain on you. Making it rain? Yeah. <laughs> You're a unicorn. <laughs> All right. You are a snowflake. Uh, so <laughs> I think the the other interesting thing, you and I were kind of talking back and forth about this, is he ends with, you know, he doesn't really think that slow performance on mobile devices should really be the problem and that a lot of frameworks are optimizing for slowest browser, uh, which he says is uh, Chrome on Android, which is a little shot <laughs> there too, I think. Um, and he says hardware manufacturing or manufacturers are making CPUs faster. Browser vendors are making their JavaScript engines faster. And he says, here's hoping Chrome catches up to Safari soon. Uh, framework <laughs> authors are optimizing their code for slow browsers. And uh, frameworks are working on reducing startup costs via strategies like dead code elimination and server-side rendering there's a lot of interesting things happen and he's very true. You know, this is very much like a bandwidth and, and a hardware issue and 
you know, they, they can probably get some gains out of making browsers faster with each iteration of an OS release. But if yeah. nothing else, like it's just inherently going to get faster as we get more bandwidth and more powerful CPUs. Here's the thing. The world's moving to mobile. Two thirds of the world is going to get on the internet soon. What is their LTE speed going to be? With the, with the Facebook balloons or whatever in the air. And what kind of devices are they going to be using? When you trade in your phone at Sprint T-Mobile or whatnot, where's that phone going? It's probably stockpiling up going over to Africa or something like that, right? So, like, they got, like, a bunch of, like, Android 2s, <laughs> 2.0 or something like that. I mean, so if when the two-thirds of the world comes online, what is that going to look like? that's when we could like fully say, okay, this is, this is what we need to build for. We can assume, oh, it's going to be faster, better. That's the future. But, I mean, if that were true, I would I think that would already be happening to some extent. And I'm not sure it is. And I also think like it, well, there's very few globally reached like applications, in my opinion. That's what I was going to say next is like, I think as developers, we're not, we don't have a worldview mm. so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely isolated to, you know, my view in Ohio or the U.S. or North America. I think that's definitely going to change come come the future. Yeah. So there is a couple things at play right now. Let's move on. Next one. Because I think this next one's going to be pretty big. So Jeff came out with an announcement, and it was called Next Steps on Blaze in the View Layer. And... You know, I think many of us have been kind of scratching our head and wondering what's going to happen with Blaze. We feel like they're not working on it. They've come out and said they're not working on it. We don't, like, there's definitely performance problems inherent in Blaze. When you hit a certain kind of size of an application, things definitely start to get slower. And It's only used in media apps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They tried an experiment uh, where they spun out Blaze to be its own library and came with Tracker and all that kind of stuff. And it, mm, I'd say, failed pretty bad. Um, I think that was before Spacebars, right? No, no. It was it was around the time of 1.0. Uh, I was out there for like an August dev shop, and uh, they had just announced it at HTML5 DevConf. You know, as is typically like hard to do, I don't think they've fully committed to it to like make it an open source thing and never really found an audience for it either. So if you go look like, I don't, I don't think that website's not being maintained and like they started a Google group, which looks like, you know, tumbleweeds rolling around. (laughs) React definitely has a much bigger uh, community behind it as far as a front end framework goes. I mean, Angular does too. Angular does too. Yep. Angular's like the 800-pound gorilla here, right? But but React comes from the backing of Facebook as well. And so, you know, there's there's some interesting stuff going here. And I think that it's really, really hard to expect that MDG could even compete on that level. And it takes man hours. MDG is like very limited on the engineering. Well, it's not... It's not even just the engineering man hours, right? It's like the open source support and like it's it's a whole separate marketing job. Basically, they'd have to take what they did for Meteor and kind of replicate it on a smaller level for Blaze and they'd be building a whole team around Blaze. Yeah, yeah. And we knew, we had a feeling this was coming when they added really easy support for Angular 
and React. And we even talked about all this stuff. We had Yuri on at, on the Meteor Club and mm-hmm. hints at this all the time. And so for Meteor, you had the choice, Angular, React, or Blaze. Essentially then with those three, like they would need to keep Blaze at like a competitive level as React and Angular if they were going to move forward. Which, I mean, they're just not doing. It's a huge effort. Yeah, it's a huge effort to like ask that. And they're not um, even putting in a, a minimal effort here, in my opinion. Well, again, and they're a startup. And so they got their happy path. And I think then this is like, this is why Jeff like wrote, wrote this forum post is like, Hey, I'm, I'm laying the cards out. I have to communicate this. Probably this is hopefully a leaf being turned of like them having better communication. Maybe like this is coming from the top down. This is coming from the CEO. Okay. Number one, they did it slightly wrong. In my opinion, they should have had a post on the blog that said here, here's our announcement. Meteor one three is coming. You know, we're shooting for a quarter range, right? Just, just give us like Q1 2016. We're going to try to come out with Meteor 1.3. Here's the things it's going to include. Here's actually some GitHub issues where you can follow along. And, and if you care about this thing, you can comment here. I think that would have been a great post. And everyone would be like, ah, yeah, you know, cheering it, cheering it on. And then boom, hit them with this, you know? And everyone would have been like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Gosh. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's a dream troll right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I still think like you would have had a lot more goodwill coming into this post than, than they had. In my opinion. I think, I think, yeah, if you spun it with some positive news, then yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, you're right. Dad, you're dead right, bro. <laughs> I like to think about marketing from time to time and that's, it's, it's just a marketing move. You can yeah, one way or the other, but one way makes everyone feel a little bit better, I think. Tell us what they're doing. So what did Jeff actually announce? So what he announced is that they're starting to investigate what Blaze 2 would look like. You know, they want to be able to build off of React and the community there and do something interesting. So they want to have Blaze 2, which will be a much tighter integration of templates and tracker and react output versus what react offers today. So it sounds like basically blaze two will be kind of like a, a react transpiler almost um, where it'll mm-hmm. take what you're building in a template and kind of put it together into the correct react syntax and spit that out. You know, I think there's a lot of interesting things that come along here, right? They have a big, component ecosystem that you'll be able to tap into, which happens to, that runs off NPM, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I hear in, in 1.3, we're going to get uh, like an upgraded NPM set up. So. Mm-hmm. so Blaze is like a cornerstone of Meteor. Mm-hmm. You know, it is definitely a cornerstone of the packages that are available on Atmosphere. Yes, it is. And, and I pointed this out. percentage of Atmosphere is blaze related. Oh, you know, I, it's gotta be a huge astronomical number. And I asked, uh, yeah. Vinay, uh, if he could maybe pull these numbers. Uh, up. You did. Yes, I did. Uh, but he, he couldn't figure out how to do it. He said he didn't have that kind of data on it, but I mean, if nothing else, like I'd love to see, like just search for the word blaze. <laughs> I came up with a hundred results. He caps the results at that. So I, I bet there's a lot there that are related to blaze. 
if there's an enterprising individual, you could just pull in all the packages and look in the package JS for the word blaze. And I think that would also help you figure that out. But I, you know, that was fine. And the community responded and a lot of people you can see right away. Someone's like, well, what's that look like for my code? And then someone else said, uh, yeah, like that sounds great. And, and then Aaron Otis said, what about blaze react? Like, let's not start from nothing. Is that what he said? Sideburns? Was yeah. Sideburns, Sideburns has been renamed to blaze react. Oh, has it? Whoops. Yeah. I'm behind all the times. <laughs> Get with it, man. Get with it. No, that just happened this week, I think. But then Evan, you jumps in and he says, hey, I'm going to be the guy doing the investigative work and probably building something here. So he kind of outlined some things. And one of the things that really struck me here is that uh, however we've come to realize, like he starts talking about sideburns and, or React Blaze or whatever you call it that while Blaze is super easy to pick up, there's some inherent design decisions that make your UI harder to bug and maintain when the scale of your project grows, which some people have run into. So instead of keeping the old API and treating React as a low-level implementation deal, we want to embrace the, the strength of React, the component model, and its related JavaScript API, and providing on top of it what people like about Blaze, which is the templating and the reactivity. And then just asked for like, you know, what's, what's this look like? Or what do you like about this? What do you not like about this? So he's just asking some questions, trying to get some responses. I think that riled up people a little bit more because it sounds mm-hmm. like it's going to be pretty incompatible. Sashko came along and, uh, you know, this is the one that really kind of struck a chord with me. Uh, I think 100% foolproof way to go would be to just start using React now. The Blaze 2 thing... You know, I use the air quotes because he put quotes around this thing. Is mostly for people who don't want to deal with the details of React and its JSX syntax. But if it works for you, then I'd say that's the way to go. But I think it's deeper than that, right? Like we've got this whole get meteor data and like the way that that functions, you have to like really start thinking differently about how your reactive data works with React. Was it in this page or was it somewhere in the Meteor Guide where Tom said, listen, guys, uh, we all knew that Blaze 2 was going to be like a total rewrite that was going to like break your stuff? Tom, uh, Yeah, no, he, he, he definitely said that in here. But I don't, I don't think oh. that's necessarily true either. There's been several aborted attempts to start up a Blaze 2 project. Even if it was a total rewrite, that doesn't mean it's going to like break everything. Spark to Blaze broke a lot of stuff and it was painful and we got through it and that's fine. But, you know, I think switching to React under the covers and you're telling me like it's not going to be in any way backwards compatible, like that's a lot more, I don't know, scary to me. Um, And so I just started like after reading Sashko's post, given what's happened with Velocity and given what's kind of happened with Blaze where this is the first thing we're hearing about it, I don't believe anything that Meteor says when they say something's going to be 100% foolproof, right? Like, that's, they can't say that. Well, a lot of people have been asking me this week, like, what, or have asking us, like, where do we think the future of MDG is going to be? Like, what, what are they doing right now? There's some sure. stuff happening. Yeah. And my response has been, follow the money. Follow the money. Like, they need to get in the black. Yeah. And this Blaze uh, 2 conversation, you could do the same thing. 
You know what MDG is putting at the top of their priority list right now is keeping their Galaxy customers happy. Absolutely. And, and all of the Galaxy users use Blaze. A huge percentage of them. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, I would agree so, with that, right? So I mean, this is going to play. Those are the real, the the opinions and the conversations that those clients give to MDG. That's going to really be what steers plays to. But I think that's really what's going to happen. And unfortunately, that's like behind closed doors or private conversations. We don't really know. So I'll just I'll give my prediction. They're going to shed any weight that they can shed and rely on the JavaScript community to do as much as they can without them having to write code to maintain that stuff. So this is bigger than Blaze now, right? It is. So the conversation... We're shifting. Yeah. Yeah, the conversation here is definitely about Blaze. But I think it's the tip of the iceberg and the trend you're going to see. Yeah, so we know that they've mentioned in the past, like they really like what Webpack uh, has David mm-hmm. Greenspan wrote about that, and I think we talked about it on this on this podcast. I don't did we did we? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. There's a post out there. I don't know if we talked about it, though. Yeah. Right. But uh, so Webpack, uh, they brought React in, super simple. They now we now we know their their talk about um, Blaze and Blaze Two and and React under the covers, and we know that they want to bring in better support for npm. So all that says to me is exactly what you said, is that mm-hmm. they're going to start, start shedding weight on the packages that MDG maintains, and they're going to focus on a great developer experience. Yeah. They're going to make a wrapper around all this cool tech that is maintained by a larger community and is not scoped specifically to an MDG stack. Well, they're going to bring it in, and they're going to have it be a happy path for developers from start when you say Meteor Create, all the way to deployment. Right. But, but you're going to be using Webpack. You're going to be using NPM packages instead of Atmosphere, my prediction. Maybe, maybe we have some inside info. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, so Atmosphere is going to be like, you can't pull the plug on that. You can't just be like, poop, off. No, you can't. No, but you I, can. I, I think it'll die. I don't think yeah. it's... In five core. years. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's core to their business. And... You know, frankly, uh, NPM's doing a good enough job. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's fine. You know, the, the single biggest problem that I had with this is the fact that as an early adopter, I, I feel like some of Sashko's responses of late have been a little flippant or um, off-putting to me because I just feel like, and I think I said this in one of my posts, like they're not really building apps with Meteor. And so it's not super painful for them to make these choices well other than they have to deal with some griping from us they brought percolate in they have their consulting arm now i know that when they fired up galaxy the first clients to galaxy they like gave them a bunch and we had this conversation about classcraft Mm -hmm. where they came in and they went above and beyond to get these companies going on galaxy they looked at their code intimately offered suggestions so they have firsthand knowledge now of the largest apps. Being they ready. do. They do. But at the same time, they're not really like for them to just flippantly say like, eh, velocity, it can die. Blaze can die. Like reacts around. You should just, you know, suck it up and deal with it. Like, I, I feel like that's some of the response that we're getting from a couple of developers. And that's not the response you necessarily want to hear after you build a big business on 
blaze or velocity or any of that. Follow the money, follow the money. They're going to, they want to make their clients happy. They're going to do it. And, and if Sashko is coming across a little harsh, I would, and you know, we're bros, but I'm playing the devil's advocate here. If Sashko comes across harsh, it's probably because he knows what's coming down the pipeline with Meteor and he's super excited. And so these oh, conversations yeah. about, about maintaining all this old code, he's like, oh, why is this coming up again? Come on, people. And we just don't know what he knows. Right. We're not excited about what he's excited about. But that's like my son kind of getting an attitude with me when I ask him about his homework or something. Like, I don't know about your homework. <laughs> I gave you the homework. Don't get an attitude with me. That is a great analogy right there. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, clue us in. At the end of the day, we're all trying to build businesses around using this framework. And, you know, none of us likes to hear that we made a bad decision because we made that decision based on what they were giving us. Mm -hmm. So to hear that, you know, switching to React is the way we should go. Like that's a, that's a big deal for a lot of businesses that are already around. That is, that is. And it's even bigger deal for the companies that have built on top of Blaze and they have maybe five to $10 million in BC funding, Mm -hmm. you know, and then going back to your investors, you know, at your meetings, at your update meetings and saying, Oh, we're going to like have to like rebuild this huge part. Like our whole, our whole client side is and our templates are going to be, you know, rebuilt and react. Yeah. So they're, they're, they have that in mind. They, they're having the painful conversations. They have to deal with that right now. I think they will. Yeah. You know, Abigail kind of summed up my concerns nicely with a list of kind of questions that they should be asking. Ultimately, Evan, you came back and addressed a lot of it as well. And I just, I, I want to mention this because I, I've, I do feel like I'm trying to find it here. I do feel like they're listening in this thread and, and kind of processing everything that we're saying. And that's, that's awesome. I like that. That's a good a point. Yeah. Yeah. Initially like Evan's post sounded bad, but it, it's really going to be, not as bad as it initially sounded. I purposely stayed out of this whole conversation, this whole forum post, because <laughs> I was going to get lost in the minutia of it all. Mm-hmm. And there was just so much, like there's 175, like yeah, little responses to read on this thing. And yeah. like, oh, I don't want to be notified <laughs> in my email of all this. Oh, here you go. Okay, I found it. So it's really hard to address every question in this thread. So I'll just do a generic Q&A here. And he just said, like, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Old Blaze will continue to work. And it should be totally possible to use both at the same time in a project. And I think that that, to me, is awesome. Because that mm-hmm. means you can incrementally upgrade. Mm-hmm. And bite the bullet when it feels like, you know, oh my gosh, this piece of our app is, like, amazingly better. Um then, you know, you can kind of do that. So Blaze 2 is not going to be a version update of no. the Blaze templating package. It's going to be a whole other package name. Right. Yep. And it seems likely it'll be Inferno, thanks to Abigail. <laughs> um, everyone seems to be calling it that now, so, in the thread. So you should, you should go read. It's pretty funny. I think it should be called Blunt. <laughs> blunt. Yep. yep. The Blaze is gone. You just got a, a blunt left. And- You're terrible. I, I, I do not do drugs. I don't advocate it. Yeah, that's not even like the blaze is gone. That's not what you call that. A blend is a different thing. 
Well, maybe oh, oh man, I don't terrible. know. Terrible, terrible, Ben. I'm trying to be funny on something I don't know anything about. Where does he say Blaze in its current form doesn't work very well if we main 100% backwards compatibility? React checks a lot of boxes in terms of what we want to see in a better Blaze. This is this almost sounds like Matt wrote this. The same amount of effort is re- and resources required to maintain a competing solution with feature parity and the same level. Mindstare is huge. It's probably not best for MDG. Gosh, there was something in here that I really liked, and now I I can't remember. Mm. Uh, but here's here's the kicker, right? Like the single hardest problem I've dealt with recently with Crater is server side rendering. Spider Wool is horrible. I should even I don't have the image on this machine, but uh, I've got an image where there's like fifty. Phantom JS spun up. So <laughs> I, I welcome better SSR. Uh, because, yes. Like, you know, Google can single handedly kill Crater if they want. Yes. Yeah. And we just uh, revamped uh, OK Grow's website and we built in React and we used Flow Router SSR. And it was great. It was not like some crazy ordeal. It was a really nice router to work with and pages load really fast. They really do. I like. I, I was really impressed. First, once it was live, I loaded it up on my mobile phone. And I was like, "Holy cow, what?" So, I'm happy with it. Yeah. No more phantom. Good. Good. <laughs> You're done. You're done with the conversation. I am. I, I am excited about. Okay, so yeah, so the old people or the old apps that's yet to be seen. What what your environment's going to be like? What your uphill battle is to be to upgrade? They have some sort of understanding. They have some big players that are paying the money that use this old stuff right now. So I don't think it's going to be very painful. What I really like to see is that we are going to be getting out of the meteor cultish mentality where like so much is built by MDG, mm-hmm. so much is like nicely packaged together, and and all our knowledge can't really go and apply to other technologies out in the world. Right. Right. Now. Blaze is going to be gone. Atmosphere is going to be washing down. Velocity is going to be gone in adoption to more industry standard testing methods and test runners. We're going to have uh, Webpack coming in. We're going to be depending more on NPM. We're going to be on React or Angular. And Meteor and what MDGs build is going to be this nice developer wrapper around all these technologies. Right. That is exciting. We can it is, now, it is exciting. We are going to join this, this JavaScript train right into the future rather than having our own train on the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are now going to be part of the Node world more. Well, yeah, and you know, to, to a point we had a conversation offline, I think you know, something like Autoform is really hard to maintain, but mm-hmm. in, in a React environment, Maybe mm-hmm. that's not so hard, right? Yeah. Like I'm sure there's already components out there that help you work with forms. Yeah. We can better leverage larger communities to our benefit. And that's that's really what that's about. Yeah. And so I'm going to start getting plugged in more with other meetups around my area. If Meteor is going to become like a wrapper around these like other technologies, well, then the real drive is these other technologies. So... And Meteor is just a nice, you know, it's going to be, I don't know, maybe a little bit more important than the editor that you use, <laughs> but, but it's going to be developer experience, a wrapper. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think there's one other key point here that Evan made uh, that I also found interesting is that it's maintained by a dedicated team at Facebook and it's used in production by many serious businesses. And those serious businesses, like we're not talking Instagram. small, we're talking like Airbnb, we're talking Netflix, you know, all kinds of businesses that are doing super interesting things in our society today. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's not nothing. Yeah. And that's, so that's the community we're joining. So people, it's time to get off the blaze train <laughs> <laughs> and be happy. Cause you're about to, to get on a, uh, I don't know. Who's that dude who made Tesla? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. You're about to get on his, uh, his tube train. His tube train. <laughs> I don't think that's what that was called. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm totally drawing blanks here. You're totally going to enter the channel. <laughs> no. All right. Time to go 800 miles an hour from LA to San Francisco. This was a long episode. I'll just say thanks for sticking with us, guys. There was a lot of stuff we missed last week. Uh, so appreciate your tolerance on a longer show, but I think we had a lot to say. Hopefully don't freak out. Okay. No matter what, Blaze will stick around. Uh, I just think at some point it will become unsupported. And that sometime is probably not 1.3. Uh, maybe it's, it's well, I guess, you know, we're talking 2.0, right? Yeah, that's what we're and talking about. Semantically versioned, if it was there in 1.0 and they drop support for it, then we're going to be looking at 2.0. And hopefully they get a little bit better about announcing when these things are coming out. Uh, I still think... We've heard about their Blaze investigation. Let's hear about 1.3. What's going to be in there? Come on, Jeff. Cue that up for us. Yeah. I think MDG is doing a great job yeah. at, at, at like a business plan on what the stack's going to look like in the future. A business plan. Well, they're talking about what the stack's uh, going to be in the future that is yeah. congruent with them making money as a business. Well, I, I like it. I like it. I, I like it. I do too. Um, because I mean, you, you can't have... With- like people complain here. like, oh, they're too slow. They're, they're not getting all this stuff out. Well, you know, frankly, uh, it might be a lot faster if they're not having to write every single line of code themselves. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It is really going to be awesome. MDG and Meteor is going to be here to stay for a very long time. They're going to have developers be super happy working with, with what they have. But I guess what we're asking for is we want to hear more from Matt and Jeff. Absolutely. That's what, that's what we want. We love you guys so much. That's, that's what we I think we've always you. asked for. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. All right, team. Yeah, thanks for listening. This podcast has been a Meteor Club production. You can find out more information about Meteor Club at meteorjs.club. It's pretty easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. Again, that's meteorjs.club. Meteor.